In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, I'm going to share with you how you can be a good client in therapy. Uh, and as usual, we're giving away a bunch of free stuff, including my free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What's going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. We are here in the Podcast Your Voice Southfield Studios, the Palatial Studios. With me today is Jamie. Hey, hey. Matt is enjoying some time in New York, which uh, good for him. Um, I don't know. Well, well deserved. Ho hopefully he does something fun out there. I mean, I, I know there's millions of things to do in New York. I haven't been there in just probably 30 years. It's been a long time. He sent me a, a picture of a bar with a, just a wall of bourbon. Oh. He was yeah. in this magical, magical he, place. He, he should probably just do a remote uh, um, spur the moment man cave. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah. a picture of Grand Central. I'm like, what are you at Hogwarts? Because just the stained glass <laughs> and the cove ceilings. <laughs> and it was gorgeous. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's having a good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he could. He could. Uh, oh, speaking of man cave, man cave happy hour. Check that podcast out. That's Jamie and Matt. They uh, do a lot of cool things on that one. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, um I think I. I don't know. I, I think I missed the last one. You guys are usually on at seven p.m. in the mm. evenings, and I'm typically with a client or yeah. eight o'clock maybe. Yeah, but, when, uh, yeah, we go when we do them live. It's usually seven ish. Yeah, yeah, seven ish. Uh, so so yeah, 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 sometimes I'll see it pop up and I can't jump in. They, but yeah, they happen. I catch it later. So, yeah, well, well, awesome. Bladnock uh, Distillery Scotch with Scotch, Scotch, oh, Scotch, Scotch. Nice. <laughs> um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I have, I have a bottle of Glen Marengi. Uh huh. Or Glen Morange. I don't know how the pronunciation or, uh, Morangi, is. Yeah. Morangi. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, I I yeah. Uh, it's, it's good. Yeah, I need. I've not been in the. I, I've I, I've been into the bourbon area, but I've, I'm just venturing into the Scotch area. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's a. It's. I need to learn uh, it's, some more. It's a very interesting world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. So yeah, if you guys are interested in that, check out uh, Man Cave Happy Hour mm -hmm. with Jamie and Matt. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're here, palatial. <laughs> Podcast Your Voice, Southfield Studios. Let me tell you, folks, where you can find me. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On the website, you'll find all the cool stuff you need to, including, you know, uh, if, you know if you want to buy stuff, I get some products out there. I, uh, uh, my book page is on that website, which I'll mention in just a few moments. Um, you can find uh, my podcast page, which, uh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to fess up, but it's not up to date as it should be because I need to do some work in there, but uh, but it's there. Um and all kinds of other cool stuff. Uh, you can see videos from past shows I've done. You can find uh, resources, uh, all kinds of stuff there. So check out the website. You can find me on social media, Facebook and YouTube, which are both Motor City Hypnotist, and on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, which are all Motor City Hypno. And that's H-Y-P-N-O. Um, 
I don't know if you're on the Snapchat, Jamie. If that's something that you guys that you you uh, you know that's take a part weird. There's so many. I know. I know. Like, no, the reason I'm on it, my son's on it. My okay. son uses it like like he's 19. So most everyone, like like he doesn't use Facebook. He doesn't use Instagram. Snapchat is their way to communicate with yeah. his friends. Oh yeah, and and it's that's just what they use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get streaks every day from him. It's just like every day you communicate with somebody, it's called a streak and oh. you get numbers and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I just, I pretty much just go back and forth with him on there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I know about it. But anyway, I'm on there. So hey. you want to find me there? Snap it up. I'm there. Snap it up. <laughs> Two snaps and a twist. <laughs> oh, that's different. <laughs> and as usual, we're giving away a free hypnosis guide that's available on every episode. That's just a, a you know page and a half PDF that just kind of explains the basics of hypnosis, how it works, why it works, uh, some myths and misconceptions, and that's free to anybody. You can just click on that link and download that immediately. And I might add a couple more things in the show notes. We always give away stuff, so I'll throw I'll throw an MP3 in there, something uh, something applicable, maybe uh, for for confidence. Or um, I was just speaking about golf, and I know the weather here in Michigan is turning right now. But um, I have a hypnosis for golf uh, mm. that that you golfers might want to take a look at, and it's really just getting the mental side of things down because we know. I mean, it, it takes a lot of skill, but, you know, just like any other individual sport, a lot of it's mental. Get your head in the game. If you don't have your head in there. Um, and ask my wife how, how my, my head is doing when I shank three, three, three drives in a row into the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my mind my needs some work as far as that goes. So, yeah, take a look at the show notes. We'll, got, we'll get some other stuff posted there, too. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. My new book that was released in August is available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and any bookstore that you can uh, wander into. I, I know physical bookstores are kind of on the way out, um, which is kind of sad. I like going into bookstores, but uh, um, I, I'm sure, Jamie, you have, being a teacher, oh you probably... Just the the smell. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just a different the, thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I... You know, just having a book in your hand. Now, mm-hmm. I, I I will admit I do use a Kindle just because it's easier at night when you know you're in bed. You don't have to have lights on or whatever. Sure. But but I even even if I do a Kindle book, I'll typically get the physical book just to have it. Well. But I mean, not necessary. But that I just like that. That's what I like yeah. to do. Um, so yeah, pick up the book uh, if you get it on Amazon or even Barnes and Noble. If you could please leave a review, mm-hmm. that would be very much appreciated. Uh, the more reviews I have, the more people see it, and um, again, I just like to get it out to more people. So that would be fantastic. And as far as reviews go, wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it be on I don't know Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, whatever platform you're using, if you can please subscribe, connect, add. I don't know. Well, whatever the term is, they've changed. I know. I know. Apple has screwed this whole thing Collect. up as far yeah, as they, as, they, as far as just just joining or whatever. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, whatever it is that that connects you to my feed so that you get it automatically on your device, do that. So that way, every show we we drop every Tuesday, Thursday each week, and uh, you'll just get get the shows automatically. They'll pop right into your device, and you can just start playing. It's up there now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I got it. And. And leave a review there as well. Um, review the podcast, like it, uh, leave a review. That, again, helps me get out to more people so more people can hear the podcast. Cool. I think that's everything we need to cover there. It's time. That's how winning is done.
All right. So 13-year-old Abraham, oh boy, this last name I'm going to butcher, Olegbegi, O-L-A-G-B-E-G-I, Olegbegi was born with a rare blood disorder and needed a bone marrow transplant. His transplant was successful, um, and, uh, but he qualified for a Make-A-Wish, an organization that grants wishes to children with serious illnesses. Oh. So it's a, it's a Make-A-Wish kid. Yeah. You know, we, know the, we know them. So Abraham decided he wanted a long-lasting wish. Um, he didn't use his Make-A-Wish for a PlayStation or a trip to Disney World. He used it to feed the homeless. Wow. Yeah. Um, I remember we were coming home from one of his doctor appointments and he said, Mom, I thought about it and I really want to feed the homeless. Abraham's mom, Miriam Olegbegi, told CBS News. So that's what he did. In September, Make-A-Wish helped Adam Abraham organize a day to hand out free food in Jackson, Mississippi. When the homeless people get the plate, some of them would come back to and sing to us and thank us, he said. And it just really feels good. It warms our hearts. And my parents always taught us that it's a blessing to be a blessing. Um, But Abraham's wish is still not fulfilled. Make a wish will help Abraham feed the homeless once a month for the next year. After Make a Wish finishes his wish in August of 2022, Abraham plans to continue to help the homeless. He wants to turn this effort into a nonprofit, uh, one he's already named Abraham's Table. So it's a 13 year old kid who, who, again, he has an ill, I mean, he had a bone marrow transplant, was, was ill. Sure. And, and you know, make a wish, you could have gone, like, could have spent a week at Disney. No and, kidding, or, man. Uh, get on get the next PS5 uh, or, or SpaceX shuttle. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something, something, you know, you, some of these make a wish things are, 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 are crazy huge. Yeah. And he just said, no, I want to, I want to feed the homeless in his, in his wow. hometown. Yeah. Wow. It just, it just, and, and I know, I, I, I mentioned last episode, I sound like the crotchety old man, as my wife would say. Mm. And I'm like, oh, these, these kids nowadays, they don't, you know. But then you see this, and it's like, oh, there, there, there are some teenagers who, you know, have some heart and, and are willing restored. to do something. Uh, so you do have you. I have faith in humanity when I hear these stories. Yeah. As far as like, especially the young kids, the the teenagers growing up nowadays. Again, just keep off my grass. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> no, no, don't shut me up. So yeah, for Abraham Oleg Beagie, uh, I'll leave the link to this. I, I with all of our winners of the week, I leave the link in the show notes. So if you guys uh-huh. ever want to bounce back to these stories and take a look with photos, because uh, you know most stories have pictures of, of the of the people we talk about. Um, yeah, I'll leave the link in the show notes, and you can check that out. So yeah, definitely Abraham, definitely winner of the week. How winning is done. Yes, sir. So, back to it. So, we're talking today. We talked last episode about uh, realistic expectations for therapy, uh, which I think is important if you're going or if you're currently have a therapist and, and, and really uh, take a look back at that episode because I think it's some great information on what you should expect so that you're not, I don't know, maybe you're not surprised or, or maybe even disappointed in some way. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is how to be a good therapy client. So I'm going to preface this. My, my wife and I talk a lot, which we should because we're married. You know, sure. That makes sense. 
<laughs> so, uh, but she gives me show ideas all the time. She goes, you, you know, you really need to do a show on, on, you know, how clients can be good clients because, um, and, and thank God she's, she's my, she's my office manager. So she handles, you know, she handles a lot of the administrative stuff as far as running a clinic, which, which can be challenging at times. So, uh, mm. you know, kudos to her because she does just a ton of work. So, so she said, yeah, do a show on how people can be good clients. I think that would be something that would be beneficial for them and give them some insight into what we deal with on, on, on the administration side and on, on the clinic side. So the first thing uh, uh, that you can do to be a good therapy client is show up and be on time. Mm. And this may sound just very cliche and simple, but it, you'd be surprised how often um, – People will just no show or they'll be late or, or they'll, um, you know, call last second. Now, don't get me wrong. I know things come up. People have emergencies. People have things that that kind of interfere with their schedule. Totally fine. Um, but we have and, and I'll, I'll be honest about this. There, there are some clients that are chronic, chronic missers. They, they, they constantly miss sessions and they constantly have to reschedule. And it's just. It is a it's a lot of work. So therapists, just like any other medical professional, we have schedules and time commitments. And the thing is, if you're if you're a client and you you miss your appointment or you're late, and and it just kind of it doesn't you're doing yourself a disservice because the whole thing with therapy is that you want to get better, and it and it really screams to the point that you're not committed to the process. If it's not a priority, it just shows that you're not really committed to it, which is which is going to be an issue. Um, and I know there, there's there's rare instances, like I said, when there's an emergency or an illness, that's totally fine. You know, as long as you, you know, just like any other appointment, you let us know as soon as possible. So, so the biggest thing as far as number one is show up and be on time. That's, that's the best thing you can do for yourself as a therapy client. Um, the second one, and, and I'll explain this when I say it, forget the clock. Don't worry about time when you're in a therapy session. Um, a lot of people will, um, and, and as far as clients go, uh, you know, I have clients say, um, you know, maybe in the middle of a session, they're like, oh, you know what? I, I, I got to do this later in the day at, at four o'clock. And I'm like, well, we have plenty of time. We're, we're you know, they'll get distracted by time. And, and, and it's important to focus on the session while you're in it. So forget about the clock. The therapist knows when the session ends. They'll let you know. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, too, is that be, just be aware because you can kind of sense when, when a session is getting close. Because what in the therapy world, we have what we call a therapist hour. Yeah. So it's not really 60 minutes. It's really 50 to 55 minutes okay. because there, there's a gap there. Sure. there. They have to have a little bit of break in between. And most insurance companies, that, that they call it that because it's, it's like a 50, 50 to 55-minute hour. That's what's mm -hmm. billed. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not really an hour. So be aware of that, too, because if you go in thinking you're going to get every single minute of that 60 minutes, it may happen once or twice. I mean, sometimes we run over a little bit. Uh, but just be aware of that. So, so forget the clock. Let the therapist worry about the time. They'll let you know when it's time to go. Okay? Um, make therapy a part of your life. So when I say that, a lot of people, I guess, in general, they tend to see therapy as a once a week thing. If they're coming once a week or even twice a week or once every other week, they'll see that, oh, I have therapy in two weeks. But they're not thinking about the things we talked about in the session in between sessions. Mm. 
So it's important that you, whatever you're talking about and whatever changes, whatever things, whatever tools and techniques that you're given is that you apply it in between sessions. That's the whole point of this. As a therapist, I'm trying to promote independence. I'm trying to help you to be able to do these things. And I say to these clients all the time, I'm like, hey, I really like you, but I don't want to be seeing you 20 years from now. My whole point is I, I don't want to have you here for every day for the next 20 years. I, I want you to be independent. I want you to get to the point where you don't need me. I, some therapists might not do that. Um, yeah. I, I, that. A bad therapist might do that. I want to see you in a the good grocery therapist store and wave. We'll, we'll get to that oh, in a minute. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute because that, that's something that comes oh, up. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, j- apply what you're learning in between sessions so that you know that, that you're putting into effect what you've learned. Um. Be honest. This is another big thing. Be honest in therapy because, um, and, and, and I probably will say this probably happens more with adolescents than it does with adults, but maybe not. Some adults do the same thing. They won't be totally honest. They'll be kind of, kind of vague or they might even just tell you that what, you, what you think you want to hear. If you're not honest, it's not going to work. For any therapy to be successful, you have to be totally open and honest. Now, it's not like you have to say every single secret that you've ever thought or kept in your life. I don't mean that, but, but it has to be relevant to the things you're trying to, to, to fix with yourself. So, I mean, for an example, like if we're working, we're working on depression in, in a, with, a, with a client and you don't tell me the things that make you feel depressed, then, then I can't really figure out what, what these triggers are to help you with that. Um, you... And a lot of people are worried, again, about, uh, we talked about this in the prior episode, people are worried about being judged, or they're worried they, they may be looked down upon. And again, with a good therapist, they're not going to judge you. They know that you have an issue that they're trying to help you with. And, and I've said this, if I've said this a thousand, at least thousands of times over the last 30 years, I say this to every client that come, comes in my door for the first time, everybody's effed up. Everybody has issues they can work on. Everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. And I say that because I want I want them to know that they're not alone. You, because a lot of people will feel like, why am I so screwed up? Um, you know, why do I get all the bad luck? <laughs> why why are why are things in my life always wrong? Mm. And, and it's not. Everybody has things to deal with. So it it's it it just happens. Everybody has issues. So be honest in therapy because if you're not honest, you're, you're not doing yourself you're doing yourself a disservice because it's not you're not addressing what you need to. Um, be aware of a, here, here's the one that Jamie mentioned a moment ago that we'll, we'll, we'll set into this. Be aware of boundaries. Mm. So if you're a client, um, be aware that therapist is a person. They have their own life, their own schedule. Be aware of that boundaries between therapist and, and client relationship. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give a great example of this. Years back, um, I, I think I, my wife won't mind me saying this. We, we, were, we were, my wife and I were seeing a therapist years ago, way back when. And um, this therapist ran into her in a public place and just came out of the blue and went up and talked to her uh. when she was with a bunch of friends. Uh. And she's like, whoa, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it was just very odd. Now that was on the therapist. That should never happen. Sure. Cause I tell clients, if I see you out in public, I'm never going to approach you. 
just I'm, I'm going to respect the boundaries mm-hmm. because if I approach you and you're with somebody, maybe you don't want to say this is my therapist. Sure. Maybe that would embarrass them in some way. Mm-hmm. So I say to the clients, you can feel free to approach me, but just know that it's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, nice to see you. It's, it's, sure. not, it's not a relationship that we're going to like, you know, text each other later or, or, or you know have phone numbers oh my know? god no it's just uh I, yeah because I, I, I teach high school oh yeah and and we were deciding where we were going to live and my wife had a house in, in the district where i lived and oh I'm like, yeah there is no way we are living here because even just when we were dating and then we would go out to dinner mm-hmm. go to the grocery stores oh mr flanagan picking up another case i'm like well i'll pick it up two now <laughs> You know, or or yeah. a parent would corner you at the grocery store and start oh, talking about grades. No, no. Yeah, no. It, it, it's that, it's uh, their boundaries. They have to have those boundaries. You have to have them. So so as a client, respect the boundaries the therapist has laid out. That means as much as you want to, as much as a crisis as you're having in the middle of a night, know that it, it, you're crossing boundaries to reach out and try to contact your therapist. Now, again, we're an outpatient clinic. There are other programs that have access they could have access to 24-hour hotlines and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there there are facilities and resources out there if you need that. As far as an outpatient therapy setting, that's not something we do. So again, be aware of the boundaries and respect those. That your therapist is a person, they have their own life, and that, that your your relationship with them is limited to that hour in the, in the office when you're with them. Um. As a client, to be a good client, use be be prepared to deal with strong feelings and unexpected reactions. We mentioned this in the past one because it kind of related to expectations in therapy. But as a client, know that this is going to happen. Um, so when you have a bad feeling, make sure you tell your therapist this. Because if you say to your, if you're if if the therapist says something and you're resentful about it. And you don't tell the therapist that, then then you're you're not doing yourself any favors. You're just going to hold on to that, and that's going to build that resentment. And this therapeutic relationship is now affected in a in a in a negative way. So if you have an issue, it's important that you say, you know what, I, I, something you said there rubbed me wrong. Because the therapist, don't worry, they'll, they'll be able to talk about it and say, oh no, that I was kind of I, I meant this, or maybe even they. A lot of times, and I'll, I'll, I'll let this not a secret. A lot of times, therapists will say something sometimes just to get a reaction to see what you're going to react to, and it's not it's not it's not mean in some way. It's just saying, oh, I see this is a trigger. Who else does this to you? It's just a way to get insight into a client's feelings and how they react. So again, be prepared to deal with strong feelings and unexpected reactions. One of the biggest things, and I recommend this. I do this with a lot of my clients. Is um, I ask them to journal. And when I say journal, I don't mean like dear diary every day. Oh, my, you know, my boy likes me and, you know, I hope he asked me to prom. That's not, nothing like that. But journal is just reflecting what your thoughts are before and after a session. So I always say to my clients, it's important to write things because I don't know if any of you have done any t- type of writing or journaling in the past, but you can go back and, and I'm sure you've all done this at one point. If you've written things down, you go back and read it and you're like, oh my gosh, that doesn't even, who wrote this? That doesn't even seem like me. It's like, it's like a totally different person because you were a different person at that time. You had a different outlook. You had different perspectives. So journaling will give you insight into even changes that you might be experiencing for better or for worse. So I always recommend that 
in between sessions that you write things down and you don't have to journal every day for two hours, but you know, even just bullet points of, of feelings and thoughts that will help you as far as what you're trying to achieve. This is a big thing. And this, this always gets a little bit, I don't know, a little bit kind of awkward in some ways as a client, be aware of the business side of things. So just like any other medical profession, we're providing service and oftentimes with insurance or if you're a cash pay, we have to collect money. That's, that's the basis of this relationship is that we're providing a service that you're paying for either, either by yourself or through your insurance company. So payments as far as co-payments or deductible payments, it, it, for to be a good client, you should be aware of these because most, most everybody who has insurance knows when they go to the doctor, oh yeah, I have a $20 copay. So to be a good client, I would recommend that as soon as your session starts, say, oh, and it's different now, a little bit different because we're in telehealth. We're not in person at the office because typically that interaction would happen at the, with the front desk. But because everything is telehealth right now, it's important at the beginning say, hey, I owe 20 bucks. Let's do that now before we get started. That would be a good client because then we're not having to send a bill or call you two weeks from now. Three sessions haven't gone by and now you're 100 bucks in the hole, which is never a good idea. We don't want clients to get behind because that's never a good situation because now they feel like, well, I can't, I owe all this money so I can't go to therapy. It, it affects the relationship. So be aware of the business side of things and know that that I, keep up with what you know that you owe so that that doesn't become an issue in your therapy process. This is a big one, and I see this a lot. To be a good client, and this is more not even necessarily the relationship between client and therapist, but just for the client themselves. Don't use social media as your therapy. Don't... You don't have to post every feeling and thought you have about somebody who's wronged you or a friend that's, that's ignored you or, uh, you know, passive aggressive memes mm. meant for somebody that has no idea what you're talking about, or maybe mm. they do and they just don't care. Mm. I see so many people get caught in this, this, this whirlpool of, of, uh, you know, uh, fishing for for support and compliments and and getting their friends to rally around them by complaining or point or or, or even calling specific people out it's just not a healthy thing right. it's not and it's only going to make your it's 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 only honestly it's only going to make it worse for you because if that's where you're getting your your i don't know your feedback your support that that's just it's not a good thing it's it's not gonna it's not a healthy way to do it um it, it's just not I, I i see it a lot and it's just a bad thing so if you're doing that please for your own sake just stop knock it off yeah knock it off <laughs> in fact uh <laughs> the doc the, said the fuck are you doing <laughs> that's it. right that that's uh, what that's what it should be it mm. should be like and i ain't listening to you no more mm -hmm. just just not a good idea so so there was a a survey done of therapists um i don't know i i i don't think it was a huge scientific survey uh, according to this study there were 500 therapists interviewed and, and it asked them questions and the question was, what do therapists want most from clients? And I'm going to break down in order. These are in order of 
most important to least important. Um, and then there were some all, some one-offs at the very end, but but those weren't included. So the first number one thing that therapists want from clients is that a client be motivated and ready to work. That was number one. Um, number two was for clients to be open-minded, flexible, and adaptable because we're going to be asking you to do things. We're going to be asking you to change your patterns and your behaviors and your thinking. And, and the next one down the list, number three, goes kind of goes along with that. Introspective, contemplative, and curious about self. Again, the ability to look at yourself and not be judgmental or not, or not to blame somebody else for judging you for pointing something out. Number four on the list was being consistent. And that includes appointments, payments, um, being on time, being consistent. This is this is kind of a I don't know it's not a funny one, but number five was being verbal and communicative. Therapy is about talking, folks. And I've had clients in the past where we'd sit down and silence. I'd ask a question. So tell me what happened during your week. Oh, nothing. <laughs> so what do you, what are you working on lately? What what have you been no, not much. And I, I'll say, if you don't want to talk, you know, we don't have to do this right now. Yeah. I, I mean, really, it, it, it's a point of pointing out. I'm like, if, if you're if if you're not going to communicate with me, this doesn't work. It doesn't work unless you say something. Uh, so yeah, being verbal and communicative. Uh, again, we talked about honesty. That's next on the list. Um, being creative. That's something that that therapists uh, want from clients. Um, a few, actually, we have three therapists on our staff right now who are art therapy they're oh. certified in art therapy cool so they do a lot of things like drawing and writing and and um uh, you know things like that that people can can express themselves and creativity believe it or not is very therapeutic if 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 you can i i work with a, i've worked with a client for a while that his therapy what we do is he'll write songs because he, he plays music and i'm like hey let's write a song about that let, let, let's do a couple verses together Really, and, and, it's, and it's something where he can get his feelings out and express himself in a way that he enjoys. Um, and then one of the, the last thing on the list, but it's still up there uh, other than the one-offs, is having a sense of humor. Here's the thing. I've worked with, I, 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 I couldn't even, I, I'm going to guess thousands, in 30 years, th- definitely thousands mm. of clients over the years. I will tell you that a client that has a sense of humor is much more likely to make improvements than somebody who doesn't. It's just a fact. I've seen it over and over again. Now, I couldn't like give you a, a scientific study on it, but I'm telling you from my experience, I've seen it. I know when I sit down with a couple, if we were in couples counseling, if they make jokes and are laughing in the first session, I'm like, all right, we can do something with this because they're already open and comfortable with each other to be able to laugh together. And I've seen the couples that can barely look at each other, mm. much less even smile or laugh. And, and there's a huge difference in the, in, in the dynamic of that relationship. So sense of humor is, is a great one. So that, folks, is how to be a good client. Now, you can, of course, look at the show notes and all the stuff's there. If something, if there's some one thing you struggle with, just focus on that. Just try and say, okay, how can I be a better client? Because by, if you're a better client, your results in therapy are going to be better for you. It's going to work better. Your therapist is going to better be able to, to communicate with you and help you and guide you towards the things that you want to achieve. So be a good client. It's going to help you out in the long run, and it's going to make you a better person and help you achieve your goals. All right, folks, that's it for today.
We will see you on next episode. In the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We'll see you next time.